0: Hi, this is Marty Tarigny. I'm one of the PMs here at GWK. Uh, this is the Q2 Municipal Bond Strategy Podcast. I'm going to take a few minutes to explain what happened during the quarter and then talk about strategy and how we see the market going forward. Um, so, what happened in Q2? Well, rates continued to decline. If you look at Treasury rates, five year we're down nine basis points. Ten-year bonds were down 19 basis points and 30-year treasuries were down 20 basis points in yield. So the longer you were, the better. And this is a theme that we've seen throughout the year as the curve has both both flattened pretty significantly. Um, And again, this has proved the naysayers wrong. Uh, People keep predicting rates are going to rise, and instead rates keep coming down. Um, Well, in terms of the factors, uh, moving rates, it, it certainly wasn't the economy this quarter Uh, The economy seemed to actually rebound pretty well from the first quarter. Um, Economic data was decent. Uh, Employment, consumer, housing, all showing positive signs. Um, But this was trumped by uh, a couple of things, one being the geopolitical risk that's been going on in Iraq and the Ukraine. Um, That's caused a bit of a flight to quality trade. Uh, And then also concerns about Eurozone deflation, Uh, pushed the ECB to cut rates uh, and rates across uh, Europe kind of declined over the course of the quarter which made Treasuries relatively cheap so we saw some crossover investing people looking at the value even though rates are low over here they're even lower in Europe and that caused uh, a bid uh, on the Treasury side looking at munis munis performed uh, even better than um, their Treasury counterparts um, if you look at 10-year munis, they were down 23 basis points versus the Treasury down 19. And then on the long end, uh, munis were down 37 basis points versus only 20 on the Treasury side. So we even had a bigger flattening of the curve. Uh, and on the on the muni side, the reasons uh, for the outperformance, which usually we underperform a rally, um, was a strong supply-demand technical environment. So if you look at the supply side, um, the supply has been down year over year for basically the whole year, um, and it was down pretty significantly in April and May. Uh, in June, issuance actually ticked up a bit, um, and that was the first month of year over year gains we actually saw. But then the market started to anticipate uh, a drop off in supply that we see in the summer, and so people started loading up on bonds to make sure they had some supply in their portfolios heading into the summer um, when we typically see a bond calendar slowdown. On the demand side, fund flows uh, were pretty strong um, for the year to date. We have inflows of about five billion into muni mutual funds, and of course, remember last year when we had 60 billion in outflows. So there's a pretty big delta there, um, pretty big change in attitude uh, in the muni market, and that's due to a couple things. One is the higher tax rates. Uh, people filing their taxes saw you know that their tax bill was even bigger than it has been because of higher Uh, the the rate going up to 396 and then, of course, on top of that, you have the Obamacare surtax of 3.8%. So, uh, investors were really seeing the value of their municipal bonds, which are exempt from both of those taxes. Um, And so, we typically see a lot of tax selling uh, in March and April to pay for their taxes out of their muni accounts, and we didn't see that this year, and I think a big uh, part of that was the change in tax rates. And then also, I think retail has begun to understand that um, the Fed can remove stimulus, but that doesn't necessarily mean that rates are going to go up. Um, you know the, We always talk about the Fed controls the short end, but intermediate and long-term rates um, have a mind of their own and are much more based on inflation expectations than what the Fed is doing. And I think the retail started to understand um, that the Fed isn't necessarily going to uh, cause the rates to go up and they can actually invest some of their cash that's been sitting on the sidelines for a while. Um, in terms of credits, um, you know, we've seen a lot of the same credits um, continue to fill the headlines uh, in the muni world. Um, Puerto Rico is one of those credits, and the situation there continues to get worse. Uh, they recently passed legislation which is going to allow them to restructure some of the debt of their public corporations. Um, in Puerto Rico, they have no provisions for bankruptcy, and so this is an attempt to sort of implement that, that, that and allow them to reduce their you know, oversized debt load and the, the legislation applies to the electric authority, the water sewer authority, and, and highway uh, trust bonds. And so it's really not the GOs and the sales tax bonds at this point, but people are beginning to question whether um, you know their willingness to pay has decreased because of this, and it certainly appears that way. So, you know, the bonds had already been trading at distressed levels, um, but, you know, this recent legislation um, caused them to drop below 50 cents on the dollar in many cases. And so um, the Puerto Rico situation continues to deteriorate. Um, We don't think it's going to have a big market impact at this point. Um, That should be limited. Most of the bonds are held in high-yield funds and hedge funds at this point. Um, so retail it's out of retail's hands for the most part, but we could see some selling uh, on the edges. Illinois also made uh, some news this quarter, and basically to, uh, during their budget process, they fail, failed to extend the tax hikes that they implement during the financial crisis. Um, you know that allowed them to balance their budget for the first time in a while and now um, with the failure to pass those tax hikes they had to implement uh, quite a few one-time measures to get the budget to balance Um, and so this could create some rating pressure on Illinois over the next six months now a lot of that was due to the election cycle and um, legislators did not want to pass tax hikes uh, while they were running for office and so Post-election, we could see them actually pass the hikes then, but we'll have to see how that transpires. And then, finally, Detroit uh, continues to slog through their bankruptcy negotiations, and so that'll be an ongoing theme. But in terms of the broader credit picture, um, it still appears to be strong. Uh, These stories are not indicative of the market. Uh, if you look at the revenues for the states, we're up 17 consecutive quarters now. We're above pre-recession levels. If you use uh, California and New York as a proxy, California just got upgraded to AA3. This is their highest rating since 2002. Um, if you look at New York, they got upgraded to AA1 uh in the quarter and that is their highest ratings in over 40 years. So both of these uh, states went from huge deficits to uh, surpluses over the last five years and and both have had surpluses of over $2 billion um, in this fiscal year. So uh, things are certainly improving for for most of the states. Uh, And if you look at generic spreads, um, you can see the tightening there. A-rated spreads year to date are in 18 basis points, and triple-B spreads are in 23 basis points. Um, so the credit picture overall is pretty strong. In terms of strategy, um, just talking about these credit stories, we have avoided, um, you know, all of these in Detroit, Puerto Rico, Illinois. We've basically stuck to our knitting in terms of credit, which means high quality. The portfolio is all A-rated names or better. We stick with essential service revenue bonds and state GOs that we like and approve. Illinois is not one of them. Um, And we found some value in A-rated names, so we participated in the tightening. But in general, we've stayed away from those weaker sectors in in the muni market being tobacco, um, land secured deals, Puerto Rico, gas, um, those type of bonds. And then looking at the yield curve, our focus has been on maximizing the carry um, in this low volatility environment. Uh, The curve has flattened pretty significantly, but is still steep uh, historically. Uh, We view the sweet spot in the curve as that six to 13 year area. If you look at our portfolio, over 90% of uh, our portfolio is in that part of the curve. Um, And basically once the bonds have been rolling out of that part of the curve, we've been selling them. Uh, moving them back out on the curve a uh, little bit longer uh, in that realm uh, in order to take advantage of the return characteristics that are available there. So we've effectively maintained our duration throughout the year. Um, and the beauty here is that the best return characteristics are relatively short on the curve, um, so you don't really have to go that long to capture uh, and maximize your return potential. And So, so that's what we've been doing. Just we can also use these bonds, these shorter uh, maturities, if rates rise. Um, they're basically our dry powder in a rising rate environment, and we can sell these and move these longer and take advantage of higher rates. And if you look at our portfolio, about 40% of our bonds are shorter than the index that we can use in that type of environment. Performance-wise, um, we underperformed modestly um, in, in quarter two. Um, our our overweights are those shorter bonds that I talked about actually hurt us. Um, The curve flattened significantly. Ten-year rates were down 23 uh, and five-year rates were only down five basis points. So to the extent that you owned bonds in the shorter part of the curve, um, you were hurt relative to the index. Um, But those bonds, like I said, are our hedge versus rising rates and we're comfortable with those. Um, If you look at performance versus competitors, our muni fund that tracks our SMA uh, was actually in the first quartile of performers for both Q2 in the year so we've done pretty well relative to our competition that tends to be a little bit shorter. In terms of outlook um, Q3 uh, we expect to be pretty strong for munis all else being equal. Um, This is typically a very uh, good performance period issuance typically slows quite a bit and demand is usually strong and that's because uh, a disproportionate amount of coupon and maturities come in um, from existing munis and those get reinvested back in the market typically. Um, So if you look at in total we expect redemptions um, to outpace supply by about twenty billion, and so that ne- net negative supply is, is usually a pretty big positive for the Muni market. If you look at July and August, these are typically two of the strongest months uh, on the Muni calendar uh, and because investors just fight for the limited limited amount of bonds that are available so um, what could derail this? Uh, well, you know obviously, the treasury market moving could move in either direction, and that would drag munis with it. Um, you know we don 't claim to know which way rates are going, and we 're not in the prediction business. The key for us is always to have a flexible portfolio um, so we 're equipped to react to the changes in rates, and so we have bonds spread across the curve. And we can use those bonds to redeploy in any interest rate environment. So we would actually look forward to rates rising. We could sell some of our shorter bonds uh, and uh, invest out longer. And if rates should decline, we may actually shorten up the duration of the portfolio. So that's how we're looking at the market. Uh, This concludes this uh, second quarter call, and we'll see you next quarter.